And we are here, we are live. Welcome everybody to the Sports Attention Podcast, coming to you from the Robert Allenby studio. Grego here, also here with my sidekick Potty. Potty, how you going? Good mate, good, how are we all? Yeah, not too bad, really short turnaround this week. We had an extended break uh, between our, our previous episodes, but short turnaround, we've hit the ground running, we're back into it. Luckily, luckily the world hasn't let us down plenty of content. Mate, I've had a cup of ambition, the Savo, as Dolly Parton would say, and I'm ready to go. Should we get into it? Let's fire it up. Potty, we're here, sports detention. There's always a million things going on in the world of sports and entertainment that we need to sink our teeth into, mate. Um, how you been? Mate, I've been really well, really well. Holidays at the moment, so... Ooh. Oh, it is. Now, I got, some, uh, I got some feedback from a listener in relation to um, us speaking about what teachers do in their holidays mm. and the fact that we said, you know... That's the old stereotype is teachers do nothing. Oh, they're bludgers, this, that, and the other. I said, oh, that's true. And, yeah, I got some real good feedback that said, you know, you shouldn't have said that because now people will believe that it is true. But, um, look, I would say to that, um, if teaching was that easy, everyone would be doing it. 100%, mate, so, 100%. Everyone would be all over it. I think that just uh, that puts a nail in that idea. Yep, 100%, mate. What's caught your eye, mate? Mate... Well, you know, we look after the uh, listeners here and they love a bit of F1, so we love a bit of F1. And something mm. caught my eye in the F1 this week, mate. Brad Pitt Lane. Brad Pitt Lane. Brad Pitt Lane. Is that a rename, have they? Oh, or? I've just chucked it in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, Hollywood star Brad Pitt has been up close and personal with F1 drivers at Silverstone as he films for an upcoming project with Apple, I believe. So this is legitimate Brad Pitt was there. He I was thought, there. look... The race was in Silverstone. Mm. So we're in the UK. I thought you were going for some Cockney rhyming slang there. No. I thought we were going, that was an old sneaky for the, the, the shitters, no. the Brad Pitt Lane. Brad Pitt go, Lane. Do, go down that lane and do the Brad Pitt. Yeah, so he was there, mate. No, was there. so there wasn't Cockney rhyming slang. No, mate, wow. no. But I will add that one of the resume. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he was there and um, uh, filming for an upcoming project and I think everyone was a little bit starstruck, as you would be, and it made me think he looked the part. Mm. As you would, as a Hollywood star. I mean, star. he's a superstar. Could he make the transition? I mean, you know. What sort of transition are we talking? Are we talking Caitlyn Jenner or <laughs> no, where, where, where are we going? I'm talking to get in, in the pilot seat, in the seat of an F1 car. I mean, if anyone could play the role, mm. it's Brad Pitt. I mean, he could. I mean, um, our very own um, Chris Hemsworth did it a few years ago, didn't he? Rush. Mm. Rush, not a bad movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Mm, not oh. a bad watch, that one. Okay, yeah. Uh, he's getting on a bit in years, though, so I'd say Benjamin Button's got a better chance, mate. Oh, Sorry, yes. Brad. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Mm. Yeah, so, But anyway, it was good to see. Good to see. A bit of publicity for the F1. But I think if anybody walked past Brad Pitt with their wife, they'd still be on their toes. They would be, mate. They would be. <laughs> Uh, what else you got, mate? Something else, mate. A uh, plant-based ice cream company uh, has had to remove one of their products. I'm out. 
You're out. You're out. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> so was I, but I, I, I kept reading. Go, go for it, mate. Sorry. Had, had to remove one of their products from all store shelves because it contained milk. Oh, mate, that's a disgrace. Ice cream that actually contains milk. That's right, mate. So um, a Port Melbourne-based company, um, Politus, has issued an urgent recall on their Rocky Road ice cream due to the presence of an undeclared allergen, so, which is the milk. So you're double selling us here. So mm. you're selling us, not only are you selling us plant-based ice cream, yep. but then you want to make the flavour Rocky Road as well. That's right. Which one of the key criteria of Rocky Road is milk chocolate. Yep. And marshmallows. How is it going to taste? Like, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it, mate. I don't. I, and I'm not going to find out either, just quietly. Oh, mate. So uh, apparently it was discovered, uh, and I can only presume this is true, that it was discovered when uh, a customer tried the ice cream and was alarmed to discover it actually didn't taste like shit. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> that would be the case. Well, they uh, started mooing they like started. a potty calf. <laughs> oh, uh, mate, so those couple of things caught my eye. What about you? Mate, speaking of food, um, I, as I mentioned on our last episode, um, you know, we're, we were dying. Um, we both had a bit of a... A bit of the local flavor, the local flu flavor coming around. I mean, at the, in reality, we we're standing in a lineup with twenty five thousand people in a marathon on Sunday, so it's pretty much COVID soup. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if there was any bacteria going around, it went straight into my gullet. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I've got I've got you know the 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 cold and you know just the 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 sinus infection and that was all blocked up during the week, and I couldn't taste a thing. Mm, mm. And it made me realise and that food isn't designed to nourish the body, mate, or provide energy because I couldn't taste anything and I was miserable. Yep. Food is for pleasure. Food is to be enjoyed. Food is to write a narrative of your life mm. based on what you're eating and what you're tasting. And I tell you what... I wasn't tasting anything last week, and I was miserable. Oh, mate, I love my tucker. You are preaching to the converted here, mate. I agree. I had iced donuts oh. with my young, beautiful children, couldn't taste and it. I couldn't taste it. Oh, well, that's just... And I looked at the that's donut. travesty. I looked in the mirror, and I went, what am I even doing? Mm. Why do I even bother? So... I'm going to put it out there. Food is not designed to nourish the body. It's not designed to give you energy. It is designed to give you emotional stimulation. Oh, that's beautiful. That's that's poetic. It's oh, true. It's true, mate. It's true. Another thing that caught my eye, mate, um, speaking of our last episode uh, where we were almost dying, a uh, bit of a slip of the tongue a oh, couple yeah. of times, you know, 2001. Yeah. You know, and I was actually quite concerned. I was really alarmed when we finished up and uh, went through all the, uh, the the editing upload and all that jargon. I, I thought, you know, what's happened? 2001, like, potty, he did it twice. Why was it on his mind? You know, why was it on his mind? And I, I started looking, uh, I mean, as a concerned mate, I started looking at, Psychological trauma. Yep, right. And I'm oh. thinking, what, what could have, what could possibly? And I, I went through the research, and I was like, well, you know, the fact that you had 2001 on your mind, just repetitively, 
And I started to dive into 2001, the year, and try and look at what it was in 2001 that could have triggered this traumatic event. (laughs) So 2001 in music, mate, I thought could be the music. Apple iTunes, the iPod. Oh. That was created in 2001, and I mean, that's been a bit of a winner. Yeah, you know? it did make me upset. Yeah. I mean, in politics, mm. we had some big things, but um, sticking with the music for the moment, we had uh, Destiny's Child, Survivor was a big hit. That was a good jam. Yeah. Alicia Keys, Fallen. Oh. You know, that was an absolute ballad, and everyone tried to sing it on American Idol yeah. as well. Butchered it. Uh, Dr. Dre released The Chronic 2001, an absolute banger. Yeah. Uh, Smash Mouth, I'm a Believer, Some 41, In Too Deep, some real classic songs that I, you know, I don't think it's the music no, that mate, could be not traumatic. Music, you're um, me on trip down memory lane there. Politics, though, yeah. obviously, we had this, the tragedy of September 11 in 2001. I mean, that was a really change the world that we live in, mm. you know, so you can see that there may have been some impact there. So that's where I'm sort of leaning at the moment. Mm. Um, movies. You know, some movies could have been entertainment. Super Troopers came out in two thousand one. I mean, that's an absolute cracker. Yeah, Super Troopers. Well, if you haven't seen Super in. Troopers, oh. do yourself a favour. Yeah. Uh, Legally Blonde, Zoolander, Freddie Got Fingered. Yep. You know they're all, <laughs> all, all absolute crackers. Rush Hour Two, Ocean's Eleven. Oh, blow. Oh, Shallow Hell. I mean, there were some absolute crackers in two thousand and one. Wow. So. Obviously, it wasn't movies that were providing this inbuilt trauma for you. No. You know? So, I mean, you referred to Ricky Fowler winning his last golf tournament in 2001. Yeah, right. It wasn't so quite that far. And was it the uh, the female tennis player as well um, who hadn't won since 2001 either? Yep. Um, so I thought it must be in the sporting realm. Yeah, right. Now, okay. sport, it was a big time for sport in 2001. Ansett Australia unleashed an advertising campaign highlighting their commitment to sport. Yep. They ceased operations in 2002. Mm. So, I mean, it it wasn't that deep of a commitment. No. Marriages have lasted longer. Uh, Steve Waugh was the Australian cricket captain. A really good time for Australian cricket. Oh, the golden era. Really great. Andre Agassi, the great Andre, won the Australian Open. Oh, Andre. Yeah, so the sport, I just can't see where this trauma's at. Brisbane Lions? Yeah, oh, Lions. In the AFL. Like, we're not even big on the AFL here, but they won the first of their three, Pete. I I thought it might have been tennis as well, but Leighton Hewitt won the US Open. Mm. I mean... Then I found it. What is it, mate? I found it in 2001 at a newly being rebuilt Stadium Australia. Mm. The Parramatta Eels, the highly favourited Parramatta Eels, came up against an underdog Newcastle Knights team. And... The date was the 30th of September 2001. Mm. So combined on September 11, so it was 19 days down the track. Yep. The attack that occurred on that Parramatta defensive line in the first (laughs) half, (laughs) (laughs) 24-0. Potty, are you okay? Mate, um... I've done my best to block that out of my mind. I get no joy out of seeing Newcastle 
win even today. Three mm. wooden spoons in a row for them wasn't enough for me like, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, look, you know, as far as Parramatta being the raging favourites, look, you know, I could debate that. But really, at the end of the day, I'm still not happy with Newcastle Knights and Billy Peden's two tries in the first. Oh, mate. <laughs> 30 to 24. It's always a fascinating oh. grand final, that one. 30 to 24. You just go, oh, that was a real close one. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it it wasn't. was a bloodbath. And I was, no, it wasn't. I was in tears. And um, and yeah. unfortunately, no premiership for your great halfback, Jason Taylor. Oh, JT. No. No, he had to, he had to wait till he got over to see us before he started celebrating. Yes. the old, <laughs> oh, That was the old North Sydney Bears connection coming back together. Michael Butner and Jason Taylor back oh, then. So that was it for me, mate, what caught my eye. So um, I'm going to keep checking in on your potty. Thanks for... Mate, um, 2001, the trauma that occurred, um, you know, it, it rose its head in our, our last episode, but it's okay and we're, we're with you, mate. Yep, thanks for looking after me. Keep fighting the good fight. And it's a free shot for you at the moment, being a Panthers fan. <laughs> Untouchable. We actually got a wooden spoon that year. <laughs> and you don't care. Not uh, at the moment. All right, should we get into the footy? Let's go. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here. Rightio, mate. Should we run through the scores? NRL, yeah, go through the scores. A few, only a couple of games this this week. Yeah, short short round this week. Origin affected. Um, the Sharkies pumped the Tigers thirty six to twelve. One of those games where the scoreboard shows is a bit of a pumping. The Tigers did show up this week, had a bit of a go, but you never really thought they were going to win. I didn't think. Yep. Uh, the Raiders versus the Dragons thirty six to twenty six. Apparently, the Raiders' biggest win of the year. Now, that's um, fairly substantial since I think they've won 11 or 12. So a lot of nail biters. Uh, Raiders fans probably happy with where they're sitting but not enjoying a whole lot of their matches. Mm. Yeah, Uh, I mean, they've been getting some results, which is, is, you know, that's what you want at this time of the year. And, I mean, they've snuck into the... Into the contention or snuck into the discussion at least. Definitely. Open competition this year. Uh, 46-10, a thrashing at Parramatta. The Warriors over the Eels. Um, A depleted Parramatta team. We'll get into that a Mm. bit later. We'll we'll sort of unpack it a bit more because I've got got a few things to say on that. Mm. And then the uh, Doggies uh, got up against the uh, Rabbits in a very high-scoring affair, uh, 36-32, and then finishing off with the Titans versus Redcliffe in a nail-biter golden mm. point. Golden point, yeah. 23-21. to 21. And that's another one we'll touch on a little bit later on, won't we, Gregor? Yeah, so match of the round, mate. You predicted the Eels versus Warriors. Yeah, obviously with the scoreline, couldn't stick with that. The Warriors were far too good. Yeah. So I ended up having a jump on the golden point between the Titans and Redcliffe. So uh, I know you've chosen that as your match of the round as well. Yeah, so that, that was what I said. And I'm going to stick with it. Mm. I thought it was a cracking match. Um, sort of just to touch on the um, Warriors versus the Eels, mate. Uh, what about uh, young Metcalf? Geez, yeah. he, he had a good game, didn't he? He did like, have a good Coffs game. Coffs Harbour local. Yeah, he yeah, did have so, a very good game. But, um, yeah, 
And also, too, obviously, Sean Johnson playing his 200th game for the Warriors. He's had, obviously, a, a couple of seasons over at the Sharks, which was really nice, and he, he was able to run out for his 200th despite his uh, his wife expecting, which yep. was, was good. And, I mean, the, the Warriors have really come out of this result playing against Parramatta in an origin period, you know, it's a bonus, two points for them. Yeah. They were able to get a good run under their belt. Um, I don't think the game would be anywhere near the same had both sides been at full strength, but, yeah, that's the nature of the beast at the moment. That's where we're at at the moment, and um, you can only beat who's in front of you. And to, to, to be fair, the the Eels' effort, um, they were down on troops, but the Eels' effort was they should have done better than that. Mm. Yeah, too. And Brad Arthur said as much in his presser. Yeah, yeah but... um. Yeah. So, what do you think about? So, your match of the round was the Titans and the first of the Gold Coast. Yeah, I had a well, jump on that. Let's let's, uh, let's have a crack at that one. So, back and forth, and obviously ended up in Golden Point. Uh, and I've really got to go straight to applauding the referee. Big call, hard call, right call at the yeah. end of the game. We're, we've talked about it. I mean, if they're if they're going to blow penalties for offside at, at the third minute they yep. need to be able to blow it in golden point I, I think it, you know you might get two or three of these yep. but i mean he was really really clear kieran foran sort of questioned it was quite assertive in in questioning at the end but he said no i i called him i called him three times he was standing right next to me and you know at the end of the day it is what it is and i and i think that's you know that's a strong call yeah but you've got to be consistent so we, we've set the standard we need to be consistent going down the track, and I think all fans can get on board with that. 100%. This one, this one was an easier decision. As you said, he warned him twice or three times, was it? And he was about three metres offside. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was an easy penalty but, to but blow, but I can imagine How some many have we seen yeah. over time where you're just going, come on, blow it? Like, it's it's ridiculous. But, you know, they got this one right. And, yeah, yeah we got to, you've got to give uh, give credit when, when they do get it right. That's for sure. 100%. Shining light in the game, Jaden Campbell played really well. Oh, I thought he was great, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, in the absence of AJ Brimson, I, I mean, he's just finding himself, uh, Campbell, as a player who, you know, and there's a there's a few out there who appear at full strength to be just on the fringe where, yeah. you know, in the right place at the right time, you think there's a first-grade spot for him. Yep. So. Yeah, so he's 23 now. He's playing off the bench when AJ's there. It's going to be interesting to see how Dez juggles that next year because he obviously is staying. There was a little bit of talk that Parramatta wanted him earlier in the year. Um, I think AJ Brimson and I think uh, Jaden Campbell are both number ones. Mm. So I know people will suggest that you could shuffle over um, uh, AJ Brimson to 5'8", or you could shuffle him to centre. I don't think he's... Near as effective in either of those positions, so see not what when Des you've got Kieran Four in there and Ben know. Hunt. They predict next you year know. as well. So. Yeah, I mean that's just not going to happen. No, I yeah. mean, and do you have a Jaden Campbell as a as a fourteen? Mm. Like, is is there is he playing that well that you then go? We need to find a spot for him. Remember, John Lang used to do that with his old man. Yeah, you know he when he came to Penrith. Ryan Girdler was the six. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Girdler played his best football as a centre. Yeah. But at that time, Craig Gow was the seven. Girdler was the six. They picked up Prittis to play hooker, so Gow could be released to play half. Yeah. And Preston Campbell played the first three games of 2003 on the wing. Yeah, right. And, you know, 
it was Dalham halfback of the year in 2001. Yeah. Or 2001, you're right. Oh, mate. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Just double checking, mate. Um, um, yeah, so, I mean, they made a spot for him. Yeah. And then eventually he made the six his own. So is that, you know, if if players are quality and you and they're deserving of being in the 17, they're – you know, we're at the point now where, where forwards are playing such big minutes, especially in week-to-week NRL level, where you could justify having a position there for a player who's going to come on and break a game open. Potentially. Uh, and from a, a winning team point of view, 100%, I'd love to have Jaden Campbell just sitting on the Parramatta bench just to come on just when it's 50-50 and you need a little bit of something. I just don't think either of those players are going to want that position long-term mm. because it's not what draws the cash. No. Yep. But, I mean, neither does playing for the, you know, Tweedhead Seagulls either. No, it doesn't. You're right, mate. You're right. Ah, uh, yes, but... Pretty good game. Any other standout performance for you in that game? Mate, uh, mate I thought uh, Kieran Foran was really good for the Titans. The he, uh, yeah, he sort of wound back the clock uh, with a couple of slick ball movements. But you know, just Jermaine Osaka, he's he's been playing really well this year. I, I know I, he's been quite hot and cold for me over the over the last couple of seasons. You know, during the fluctuations of his time at Brisbane and then when he was at the Titans. Yeah, but he he seems to be, you know, playing like a really good quality NRL footballer at the moment, which is good. Uh, O'Sullivan is playing really well. He's come, seems to come back from that injury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But also, too, I I couldn't help but be, um, you know, quite impressed with the Bromwich boys and the, and the, Composure that they bring that forward pack yep. um, coming in there. So I think they were all outstanding for the Finns, mate. Fleece Kafusi back this week as well, I believe. So yeah, I mean he's and he's a big loss for them. Like yep. I mean when he plays and he's been playing really really well when he, he has. has played this year. Got um, to get his um yeah got to get his well, I would say his temper, but. His control. I think that's what he's done well. That's that's the hard thing. Yeah, you know, you've got to get he, that he's balance. come out. He's brought that real bit of grunt to that forward pack, especially defensively. Yep. He, he attacks with his defence, mm. but I mean, it was just a bit unfortunate. He's he's been out on a on a HIA, so it hasn't been a suspension. Oh, it hasn't. This yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, my, my, my yeah. So he says it was previously. I mean, you could you could. Yep. He was like Steve Maddai getting injured. You just know for less is getting uh, getting suspended this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he's been out on an HIA. Yep, no. I believe. I could be wrong. No, no. All, all probably very right, mate. <laughs> so penalty to finish the golden point, um, you know, would be my summary was, yeah, you know, I haven't got a problem with that. I think we've 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 covered that and we both agree. Beautiful, beautiful. Mate, so looking at the footy though. Yep. And this is where I'm going to try and pick apart this round uh, and – you know, jockeying on the back of our discussion last episode about State of Origin being its own little little piece of the season because, you know, I don't know whether Tony Robbins has spoken to the Bulldogs during this week. Bit of inspiration. But, I mean, they've come out from a 66-point drubbing yep. and they've beaten a team who are, you know, just behind, a whisker behind the Panthers as premiership favourites. It's yep. amazing. How did they do it? Yeah, well... Effort to start with, like, <laughs> I mean, there would have been an effort. Yeah, was there anything else do you think, Potty, that could have contributed to the fact that South have lost against a team that got flogged last week in Newcastle? Oh, 
well, could it be anything to do with the time of year? Yeah, maybe a couple of players being out. I mean, yeah. like it, it's it's very unfair. Like you think about, and you know, I I you know I'm being open and honest here. I'm a Penrith fan, and we've done really well in the Origin period. We've been looked after. We've had a our buyers that have popped up, we've had two, yeah, but also two of them we've won games, yeah, yep. you know. So we've we've been able to get through the this origin period uh, relatively unscathed, yeah, and done really well. But I mean, I must feel for us all like Parramatta's on a roll, yeah, they're on a roll. They get to game three of the origin. Freddie Freddie goes full simple Jack, yeah, and then next minute you half your team's not in there, yeah, and you've got a. a unhappy front row, a captain coming back, yeah. you know, and then you get towed up by the Warriors. Yeah. Like how fair is that for a club like Parramatta, you know, where which stops your role, yeah. like you, your season's on a roll, you know, I, I yeah, yeah. I, I, I struggle, you know, to see how, how that's good for anyone. No, I agree. And I'll break this into two categories for me. Number one is the um, uh, Parramatta, the, the draw itself and – uh, how the draw is it's, I understand how difficult a draw is and how near impossible it would be to benefit and, and I also understand I'm looking at it from Parramatta's point of view yeah but we've um we didn't we're the only team in the competition who didn't get a buy during the origin so origin affected rounds we were the only team who didn't get at least one buy during those yeah we were the only team in the competition to fa- I think five times we play a team this year coming off the buy so yeah, and and I suppose you you know you can go in there and and it's the luck of the draw on those sorts of things. It is and it isn't like yeah. it's, so certain teams draw harder opponents because they're better matchups. Whereas yeah, my you know this is a bit controversial. I suppose the Cowboys always have a soft draw every single year because they don't draw against some of the better teams. Yeah, so well because of the the viewership. And, yeah, because of the viewership. So so another discussion. I'll. I'll Segue that one into the concept of match slots for teams and not for TV. Yeah, what do you think of that? Because yeah. I like the idea. Dan Ganane spoke about it on um, on Triple N NRL yeah. over the weekend, and I thought, like, I mean, I like Dan Ganane. I think he's great, and yeah. I think he's he's nailed it because what they do in other codes and other sports yeah. is they put a, an inherent value on the spectator. And, and what's best for the spectator. Because, you know, yes, we know that rugby league, we're, you know, we're a very popular sport. However, we're a sport that is just as consumable sitting in your on your lounge as it is at the stadium. That's you know, right. It's great to go to live football. Yep. It's great. But, you know, it's a great product to watch on TV. So match slots for teams and not for TV would be, you know, let's say, for example, are you going to put the Titans on at home on a Saturday night or a Friday night? Probably not. Yeah. People, are, people are busy, or a Friday night especially in the Gold Coast. People are flat out like a lizard drinking, finishing, work, yeah. doing whatnot. They're going to struggle. Sunday Arvos, yeah. they're chock-a-block at Seabus. Yeah. They really get out for it. So an example there would be Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You give the Titans the Sunday afternoon as much as possible. Leichhardt. On a Sunday Arvo, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, if the Tigers have got a home game that is scheduled for Leichhardt, you do it on a Sunday Arvo. Yeah. You know, Penrith gets good crowds on a Saturday night. 
they all always traditionally have. So Saturday night, Friday night, Penrith get really good crowds. You you focus on those times. Yeah. Yes, you can spread the love a little bit, but you got to look at where these teams like Canberra Raiders on a Saturday night. Okay, I think most people are going to give it a miss. Yeah. You know, people aren't going to travel down. You know, to freeze. On a Saturday night, they'll probably go there on a Sunday Arvo or even a Saturday afternoon, you know. So I I would like to see um, a little bit more consideration from, yeah, from the fan perspective. Let's, I mean, in other sports, there's there's lockouts. Yep. Like you basically. So what people don't realise is when you're talking about the English Premier League, if I reside in the UK and Manchester United are playing at three pm on a Sunday. There's a lockout. I can't watch it unless I'm at the game. I can't watch it on Sky. I can't watch it on, you know, can't watch it on Makayo or anything like that. If you are not at the game, you don't get it live. Yeah. And the reason is, is because the game should be where people want to be. Yeah. And that ensures that all the games are sold out. Yeah. It's the same with, um, with the NFL. If your game does not sell out, they put the coverage on delayed. Yeah. So, for example, remember we used to the, do the old... Um, Channel 9 delayed game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically what would happen is, yeah, what happens in the NFL is Seattle Seahawks could be drawn against the Kansas City Chiefs to play at 4pm live on Fox Sports. They sell the game out, or that they, sorry, they only sell 75% of the tickets, the game goes to 2.30, the broadcast starts at 4. Yeah. So they put a delay on it. They change it because then if you sell it out, then it goes live. Yeah. Because you can't possibly go. So anybody who's sitting at home watching it couldn't get a ticket anyway. Yeah. So it rewards the clubs for selling out. Yeah. You get live. Yeah. So, I mean, I would like to see some consideration there from the NFL, uh, from the NRL. Sorry, I, I can see that, you know, there's a lot of issues around, you know, logistics of teams and, and whatnot. But I, I think you, it's almost one of the ones where you just got to, you know, stomp your feet and go, you know what, this is we're, we're doing it. We're, we're going to make this work because we want more people to attend games because yeah. that's where the clubs make their money. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And um, I guess, um, yeah, the other idea that we've discussed before is also um, uh, having the Origin Series separate from the NRL. Yeah, have a winter break. Have a winter break. Have a four-week winter break and just go, and, you you know, you could aim it so you've got clubs that are going, we'll get over that middle hurdle yeah, and then get through the Origin, the winter break, yep. and then where it's almost like a mini off-season in the middle of the year to yeah. get you back on board and ready to go. Think about the four weeks that could be earned with long-term injuries for players. Yeah. You know, if you basically – so Nathan Cleary gets injured the week before the origin period, he's pretty much back by the yep. end of the winter break. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you've got your players that have got that time. Like I, I just – yeah, you I take can't. A, you take a squad into the series, your squad of 25, mm. and you, you've got to build your team out of those. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you could just bring players. Players will be in good shape. Like yep. they'll, they'll still be back at their clubs working. Yeah. I think they'll be in good shape. However, you could bring back City Country. Yeah. You could actually make it a legitimate game where players are in their city country camps, they're moving around, they're, they're doing their clinics around the community yep. and then, you know, your call-ups are going to come from those. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... Yeah. There's, I like there's it. I different used to love ways. city country growing up. I did and then it, go, then it became a bit of a joke and, yeah. you know, it, 
disappeared from there. But I, I mean, I think a, a winter break would be brilliant for not only, um, you know, it's not going to be the best for the NRL or the, you know, the viewers are going to be starving a little bit of footy. But at the end of the day, it could be best for the the product and for the players. And yeah, I think it's a, it's definitely got to be a discussion. It, it it might not seem like it's best if I can just touch on that point for a second. But I. I don't think you could find t- too many more people who are more who love their footy as much as me. And I mm. find myself at this time of the year going, oh, I can't quite get to a TV to watch this. So that's yeah. all right. It's it's that game. Like e- even the most ardent fan at the moment is like, oh, this play this team's missing six players. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, speaking about broadcasting, the media band, mate. Oh yeah, that was. Um, I was a bit disappointed actually. Um, obviously, they've got a they've got their ideas, the RLPA and what they want to do. But um, they obviously had that Liam Hampson round. Yeah, yeah. Over the weekend, and the fact that no players could actually speak out, you know, there was it was obviously a fair bit going on in the southeast Queensland corner about that. And I was like, you know, they were mm. trying to get players to talk. The players were like, no, we're we've holding their ground, we're, we're not doing it and that. And I'm thinking, well, you got a round this week for Liam Hampson that you really want to get, you know. I, this, I just, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously just the fact that they've they've come in at the same time. But, you know, I mean, yep. it doesn't when, – when an RLPA or a union in any, you know, workplace makes those decisions to strike or to, you know, take drastic action, I mean, you've got to look at the enormity of it and how effective it's actually going to be, like, yeah, before you make, before you pull the trigger and, and call it. Yeah, um, I agree. And I, d- I do think, you know, there's a lot going on in the NRL, so no matter what round it was, it probably would have um, um, had some sort of an impact. But I agree, this round... Um, yeah, it would have been nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was the first one. Yeah. You know is. what I mean? I mean, you could caveat that and say, oh, look, you know... We've got too many rounds. We have a round every week, we, it appears, you know, but yeah. whether it be beans for brain cancer, women in the league, you know, the whole lot. But yep. I think, it, yeah, I, it was just I didn't realise, and it may be me just going, I didn't realise, you know, the significance of it until I was like, oh, you know, they're having that round mm. for, for the fellow who tragically passed over the off-season. But the players who were obviously in southeast Queensland who were his mates yeah. who were playing, you know, probably didn't get that opportunity to, you know, even voice what it was all about. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see the impact that this media band has and, um, and where to hear from. Um, yeah. I don't think it's going to be a quick process. No. And, yeah, at the end of the day, it's all about money and, uh, yeah, it, it – you struggle. You struggle to speak to the the punter at home when it when it becomes about that. I mean, yes, yeah, unions do what unions do, but yeah, I think uh, you sit down and sort it out, would you guys? Let's get it done. Let's and, get it done. And more importantly, can somebody get Craig Gowrie's Dally M from fucking two thousand and three? Gowie, Gowie, what a season! What a season! Dead set. That should be the first talking point at this. RLPA, NRL discussion. Anyway. Everyone knows he got it. Just give it to him. So, Potty, have you ever been offered a job before? 
Yeah, mate, not been on few, the odd occasion. Few good job offers. When you yeah. went in for your for your job offer, did they offer to throw in a pub with it? No, they, they didn't offer to well, throw in a pub. Well, apparently that's what the word is going around, is that Tino, Tino Fasumalawi has been offered uh, a contract with the Bulldogs, and obviously Bulldogs, their major sponsor is the Laundie Group, Laundie Hotels. Um, Stu Laundy, he was on. The, he was on the Bachelorette, wasn't he, with Sophie Monk? I think he might have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So of the, of the Laundy fame. So anyway, um, so the La- apparently Laundy's. There's obviously a, a little little kicker on there where you know we'll give you shares in a pub as yeah. well that goes with it. How does the salary cap work with that? Yeah, so I think that's a um, watch this space type of a deal. Now, Phil Gould was on 100% footy last night and he's coming out and he has um, vigorously denied that there has been an offer put forward mm. to Tino and um, he has also denied that there was any talk of a, um, a pub um, being a part of that deal, which never existed. If that's a lie, it's a it's a pisser. Oh. That's good. Like, uh, that is, you know, how it's almost like, you know, and and people do like to go after Gus. Yeah. You know, and I I like what Gus does, and I think he did a great job at Penrith. But you know, there were no rumours going around that you know Brent Kite was offered you know sixty two crates of oak milk. <laughs> you know, when he first signed in the rebuild of Penrith, like right. or James Maloney. You know, he wasn't given free car hire at Hertz. You know, I mean, <laughs> he, did, he, did, he did put his foot in it though, didn't he? <laughs> when he was when he was going to Penrith, didn't he? Oh, I can't even remember that. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no. he did. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was like, and goes, oh yeah, you know, we're it's all working out. I'm going to Penrith. The club's just sorting out the third party stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's that all sorts of that, that all happens. And the I mean, he's jumped on to God. No, no, they can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, mean that's the. Uh, the old, uh, the old rumours around uh, Nick Pilatus' games of golf as well. So, <laughs> I mean, you can go into that. Um, what about the uh, post-try celebrations, mate? Do you enjoy those over the weekend? Yeah, I love the post-try celebrations. And, yeah, um, they were good. Yeah, they're, they're, they're for a good cause as well. So, it's it's great to see them out there. I loved the uh, Canberra Yeah, Raiders. that was good. That yeah. was good. And the fact that they had the palm in bat was yeah, beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he had to run from the bench to get there. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, but um, I, no, I thought about my play. historic ones, mate. And, um, you know, Piggy Riddell jumping in the crowd and giving himself a clap. Was, yeah, uh, so they, they really kicked off around that sort of 2000 did, yeah. area yeah because i remember remember old russell bowden yeah he yeah, did yeah. the old rip the the lid off the, oh, the footy yeah, as a can and drank it like yeah. a beer yeah did um hopper do the uh coconut he, he sliced the top of the coconut no and, no that was uh that henry fafili was it henry fafili was yeah it? i believe so hopper did the um he tried to do the people's elbow oh that's right that's and right. matt adamson shoulder charged him yeah that's yeah right. that was and um, oh, and obviously, I mean, state of origin, the grenade. Oh, the grenade, the yep. grenade. Yeah, Fletch. Oh, that was a ripper. And Beautiful. those Queensland sooks up there were just like, oh, the origin's dead. We used it to. Oh. We used it as stimulus for the next oh, twenty mate. years to give you pain. No, you didn't. You used. You, stimu- you stimulated yourself with eighteen se- eight, with fourteen out of eighteen series, and then still call yourselves the underdogs. You muppets. That's right. That's right. 
All right, mate. And uh, speaking of origin. Yeah, mate. Yeah, we've had a fair bit of um, talk about our origin teams and we've had a little bit of a chat about some of the mistakes that we believe are getting made at the moment. Oh, mate. You've um, put together an alternative team for us. Look, what I've done is I've just gone out on a limb and I thought, you know what? I, you know, I have criticised Brad Fittler significantly for his selections and especially this Game 3 team. Mm. So I thought, I think he's got it that wrong that I reckon I could create my own team with players who aren't, haven't been selected that could beat the team that he's picked. Yeah, right. Haven't been selected this game or this series. No, this game. Yep. No worries. And yes, yes. So there are two players, two players who have played this series who have been dropped. Three, sorry. All right. Well, take us through it, mate. Take us through (laughs) it. There's actually a couple. Oh, that's all right. Okay. So I've got Dylan Edwards at fullback. Yep. Alex Johnson and Marcelo Montoya on the wings. Wow, wow. Now, Marcelo Montoya, the listeners are going to jump down and go, no, he's not. He's a Fijian. He's a Fijian international. He is a Paddy's Blacktown boy. Yep. So he can't, he's born and raised, he's raised and, and read in, in New South Wales Rugby League. He's, he's good to go. Yep. Uh, Katoni Staggs and Matt Burton in the centres. Yeah, good centre pairing. Jerome Luai and Nico Hines in the halves. Yep. Junior Paulo and Stefano Utikamanu in the front row. Yeah. Blake Braley at hooker. Ooh, yes, like Blake. Frizzell Hudson-Young, back yep. row. Ryan Madison Lock. Uh, actually, I've I've had Matt Burton in the centres. He actually, I'm going to trade Matt Burton out of the centres and put Campbell Graham in. Yep. Because I think Campbell Graham. I mean, he says he's got an injury, but if you're saying you're playing, he would have played game one. Oh, he would. I think he's. You know, well, I, I think it's think the fact that they yeah. said that. Oh, if you haven't trained, or it's the idea that if you didn't train, you were going to be male. So. Scratch that. Campbell Graham goes in the centres. Matt Burton goes to 14, where I think he should have been all series. Yep, agree with that. Um, Ola Kawatu, he comes in. Uh, Spencer Leniu and Jordan McLean gets a much-needed debut after mm. he missing the 2021 series, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's my team. It's what good. do you think? It's do you reckon they could beat or they far end? It's not far off, or would it? Oh, it... The thing I like about that team is it seems like there's a bit of thought and a bit of, um, you know, a bit of strategy. There was a lot of thought, but I didn't think strategy. I was thinking who is a good player who didn't even make it into yeah. Freddie's team. <laughs> so it's starting to make me feel, is this what Freddie Fittler's doing? So you're telling me if there was a fourth game, that would pretty much be the team? Oh, I think so, yep. yes. Oh, yeah, I agree. Actually, um, no, there's a couple of players. Katoni Staggs, Matt Burton, Jerome Luai, Junior Paulo, Tyson Frizzell, Hudson Young, and Ryan Madison, and Jordan McLean, they have all played for New South Wales, so they will never be selected again. No, no. Apparently. Well, Jordan hasn't got that, hurt in his Well, yeah, but, yeah, but he's still blacklisted. He is. He's still blacklisted. That's, that appears to be how the selection committee works. That's it. If you don't win a game for me off your own back, you're gone. Oh, mate, it is unbelievable. But I think that's – I reckon if you played a simulation game with those two teams, I mean, talking about form too, like Montoya, Johnson scores tries, mm. you know. 
I, I reckon it would give them a shake. Yeah, I, I don't mind it, mate. I don't mind it. Yeah, especially if they had any injuries, mm. you know, yeah. to forwards. To forwards. I mean, there's not much depth in uh, in the New South Wales forward pack for game three, but there's plenty on my bench. Gutho can play front row, can't he? He's going to have to. He's going to have to, mate. All right. So uh, looking forward, mate, to round 20. We've yep. got the Knights versus the Tigers, uh, the Doggies versus the Broncos, Manly versus the Cowboys. Chookies versus the Storm, Warriors versus the Sharks, the Dolphins versus the Panthers. First game, I believe, Finns Panthers. Ooh. I don't think they've played before. Up uh, up north as well. Yes. And um, the Eels versus the Titans, and uh, that's on Sunday. And then we've got the Raiders, the Dragons, and the Rabbits taking on the bye. So it should be the final multiple bye week this week, is it? I think so. Yeah. I think we're going to be seeing stacked rounds from here on out. Now, interesting point that I heard the other day is why did like two points for the win mm. in a bye? Should they scrap it? Because uh, if you're waiting all the way for teams to not get or to get their bye points. Yeah. If you scrap it, you just look at games played and wins. Yeah. I think you could scrap it. I don't see how it makes a tremendous difference. But Yeah, I mean, it's six extra points. I mean, it, may, it I could understand if I was the West Tigers yeah. and I looked at my points tally and I'm like, oh, I'm on six points now, <laughs> you know, for a whole year. I mean, you, you can understand, but I mean, yeah, you don't really need it, do you? No, I don't, don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, that's just uh, my, my thought. So who you got? Match of the round, mate. Match of the round. Um, probably doesn't jump out at people, but I'm pretty intrigued to see how Manly versus the Cows go. So down in Sydney, yeah. out at um, Brookvale, as we call it here at the Sports Detention, uh, you know, if the Cows are the real, real deal, they really should pump them. And mm. they've had a – I'm not sure about the Cowboys. They look very good, but – Based on, so they flogged the Tigers, absolutely mauled them. And mm. before that, I think they beat um, Penrith and South and Melbourne. Melbourne, really good win, but then they took on South and Penrith, who were very understrength mm. and only just got over Penrith. So I'm just not 100% sold on them yet. So I want to see how they go over the next few weeks. And it starts with a road trip down to Sydney. And mainly, it's sort of getting a last chance saloon for them. So I'm And it's sure. been very, and like, it's an example like you, you've articulated there where you can't get a read on these teams because of the undulating nature of the last few weeks. Yeah, and and it's really, really unfair. The cows, like I know they've been um, affected by origin with people pl- um, being selected, but they've been looked after as far as buys are concerned mm. and then they've played a team like South Sydney who've just been ravaged with selections and yep. and injuries around this time. And, you know, that can really help them get on a run, whereas it can really derail South Sydney. So, anyway, we've, we've banged on that point, but, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's my match of the round, so hopefully Very it's a good. cracker. Mate, I've gone for the Warriors and the Sharks, two big winners in a rough round 19. Mm. Yeah, so I, I look forward to seeing them. Go at it next week. Um, Probably two of the teams that haven't been as affected by Origin as others. So they've been able to keep consistency um, during that period. So, yeah, I'll be interested. Um, Both pushing for the top four. So it's going to be a a telltale game. Yeah, and maybe two teams that we 
we'll learn something about as well. Mm. And you know I like to learn those lessons about those teams. Certainly do, mate. Certainly do. All right. Well, mate, that's it for the footy. Uh, bit, of, bit of streaming, mate. Did you get any entertainment in? Yeah, mate. I've so. been flat out like a lizard drinking, uh, renovating, mate, painting. So didn't get much time on the... Yeah, Checking mate. the box out. What did so, you get? So last week I was up at the in-laws' house visiting and uh, while we were on holidays, and um, I caught a couple of old episodes of Seinfeld. Oh, yes. Did you like Seinfeld? It was good, mate. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It it was it was a time, wasn't yeah. it? It was a time in your life. Like, you know, you just knew it was consistently on. Yep. So, um, yeah. Seinfeld and... and one of the great sitcoms. So mm. uh, anyone who uh, late 80s and all the way through the 90s, pretty much till about 1998, uh, but it was a different breed of sitcom. Yeah. And uh, essentially all series follow a group of people who uh, join together, something in common, family or friends or whatnot. Um, uh, they've all been put together in a particular situation and they're working towards a common goal, you know. It's, um, yeah, so obviously based off, when, and that's the thing, like, with, with Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up comedy. Yeah. Like, you know, running through the episodes as they go, it's, it was a really interesting, and I know back in those days they, they used to give TV, to, TV was massive. Yeah, You know, huge. it was like, if you're a TV star especially if you've got a, a sitcom or the like, they were always looking for new talent to bring out new TV shows because it was so much different to what it is today. It is, yeah. And how big of a show Seinfeld was, it was, oh, it was a cracker. It, it was huge, but Seinfeld was kind of the opposite to the stuff I was just talking about. It, it, it was a show literally about nothing. They used yeah. to take the piss out of themselves about the fact that it was yeah. a show about nothing. Um, four people, and, and they'd basically be in everyday situations – but they would deal with it in the most egotistical, selfish way possible. And that's why we all liked it because it yeah. was like, oh, I wouldn't do that, but I'd think about doing yeah, that yeah, yeah. and I'd want to do that, but I wouldn't do Clever. it like that. So yeah. it was um, it was uh, creatively and the acting was amazing. I remember seeing an interview with Jerry and he was saying like, well, I'm a stand-up comic, I was, I'm the funny guy, but I hadn't done a lot of acting, so they got really strong actors in around him, and he spoke specifically about uh, Jason Alexander. Yeah, and but so that, but that's stand-up comedy. Yeah. So that is where the connection, and as a kid, I, I didn't know stand-up comedy, but that's the connection between the show and stand-up comedy, because when you're listening to a really good stand-up comedy set, yeah. They're talking about things you're like, oh, you shouldn't say, oh, you said it. Yeah. It's, you know, so it's the same sort of And every feeling episode used to start with Jerry doing a, a stand-up yeah. bit. So, uh, and some of my favourite episodes, the parking lot, this episode literally set in a, a parking lot, like it never left yeah. the parking lot and um, they they had to find their way back to the car and they kept getting lost and they could never find each other at the same time. Uh, the same sort of thing happened at a Chinese restaurant where they're waiting for their table mm. and uh, the soup Nazi. Where yeah, that's a that's a popular one, yeah. the, the soup Nazi. I, I don't remember episodes as, as such, but I just remember certain bits. Like yeah. obviously Kramer at the US Open when he worked as a ball boy was a pisser. Yeah. Um, Remember when Jerry had the smell in his car? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he tried to give it away, yeah. threw the keys in it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. Uh, 
So speaking of cars, when Jason Alexander bought John Voigt's car. Yeah, John Voigt's car. <laughs> that was the episode I saw the other day. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when- yeah, there were some good ones. And, and how bizarre was it that um, Georgie, he worked for the Yankees. He did. He worked, he worked for, the, for the New York Yankees. Yeah, and um, yeah, my favourite uh, Georgie moment, because George was my favourite. You either hated him or you loved him. Yeah. And uh, was when the house caught on fire and he ran out and knocked the old granny out of the way trying to <laughs> save himself. Oh, <laughs> uh, but it, thinking about the sitcom, it got me thinking, and you were talking a little bit earlier about it being like, um, you know, TV being so big and having such a big influence on um, your, your life. And I can remember um, the influence of series and series like this and how Seinfeld used to be on at 7 o'clock each night. Yeah. And so you had to be home and you had to be had dinner and sitting in front of the TV because you didn't want to miss Seinfeld. And yeah. that was everyone's routine. Everyone was looking at their watch. Seinfeld's on the TV. And, I mean, if you taped it, you had yeah. to be well and truly prepared. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the, right. The luxury of, of streaming and flicking it on. Yeah, well, we've all become different. accustomed to streaming now, haven't we? And the younger yeah. generation wouldn't have a clue what we're talking about. But, um, you know, and that's what a truly great series was, wasn't it, when it drew you to the TV and I can't miss this. You didn't make phone calls at 7 o'clock. You didn't call someone up because yeah. they'd um, they'd be filthy at you. Um, yeah, just completely different, wasn't it? There was, a, there was only a couple of shows that really, really took that. You know, it's... Um, Any great sitcoms that um, you can remember, Gregor? Sitcoms? Oh... I think even even the like the the Cheers offshoots mm, like yep. Frasier and you know the you got Becker as yep. well like those different ones that were that and that's what usually happened with a lot of those sitcoms is they they float on your know, eyes. Happy Days was always a, an afternoon special. Yeah, yeah, that was because that was the reruns. I was the same. Um, so I was a big Friends fan when I was um yeah when I in the late nineties and um. I uh, but I used to watch reruns with my nan of Mash of an Mash, afternoon. Mash, oh yeah. So Mash was always Mash Happy Days, the Brady Bunch were yep. always big ones of an Arvo. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, completely, uh, yeah, different time. The the old sitcom. Now you get some good TV, but I mean, no, nothing hits like it used to because I think our attention is taken elsewhere. Yep, I think so. But yeah, Seinfeld. If you haven't seen it, certainly. Recommend a few episodes. Everybody loves Raymond was another one. That oh, was, everyone loves that was Raymond. That was yeah. a that was a ripper. Yes. But uh, yeah, so yeah, go and do yourselves a favor, guys. Go and watch an old sitcom. Go and watch an old, a couple of old reruns on the. Uh, and I know that a lot of them are popping up on the streaming services these days. I, I mean, my favorite TV show, I would say. Other than Entourage, would have to be The Office. Yeah. Like, oh, the, the Office, the American is, yeah. Office. Uh, I've watched every episode of that. It's it's an absolute ripper. Yeah, that's a. I'd agree with that. Absolute pearl. Yeah. All right, mate. but that's a, that's a bit later. You know, that's still not that old traditional '90s sitcom. No. Do yourselves a favor, guys. Go and enjoy it. Go and enjoy a nice old sitcom, and you know, reminisce on the old days. Yeah. Maybe even set an alarm clock for 7 o'clock at night. Make yourself watch it. <laughs> Turn your phone off. Look at that. We're changing lives. Changing lives, making a difference. <laughs> All good, mate. Should we get into the football? Let's go.
Rightio, football mate. talk, mate. It's uh, it's been a relatively quiet week. It's um, we're obviously uh, we're obviously in the in the midst of the transfer season. Mm. Uh, I'd say most teams will probably take off for their preseason tours next week. Yep. Um, however, we've got a bit going on. A few rumours going around. Uh, my my team, Man United, mate. Uh, Manchester United. David De Gea. He has said farewell. Um, apparently, United offered him a contract, mm. and this is sort of the timeline of it. Uh, reduced wages because he's the highest paid goalkeeper. I believe they somewhere in the realms of three hundred seventy five thousand pounds a week mm. was what he was on. So very very well just paid. Lazy three seventy five. Yeah, and he was and he. At the point now where he, he just wasn't worth that money anymore. You know, he's um, for what he was required, what was required of him as a goalkeeper at Manchester United moving forward, he wasn't, you know, but still was going to add value to the squad. So they offered him a reduced uh, contract on reduced terms. Yep. And then um, apparently they withdrew that contract offer late and he became a free agent. Um, gave him enough time to then say, look, we're going to go our separate ways. So I think it was quite amicable. And um, I think it's for the best. You know, he's he's not a goalkeeper who is going to do what we need him to do as a, as a football club. Uh, he doesn't play out from the back as comfortably as most goalkeepers do. Yep. Fantastic shot stopper. Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's won the player of the year, I think, four or five times. Like he... I mean, that's probably saying something when your goalkeeper's winning player of the year. But... Yep. Um, you know, just so the talent is obviously there, and he, some of the some of the saves he's pulled off have just been absolutely miraculous at times. But um, moving forward for the club, that's he's just not the player we need. Yeah. You know, we need someone who can play out for the back. So moving on to that, rumours. Um, Andre Anana seems to be the go-to. Uh, he's worked with Eric Ten Hag previously at Ajax, but he played last season at Inter Milan. There are discussions at the moment. Uh, in relation to a deal, I believe it could look like getting a, around the, the 40, 40 to 50 million euro mark uh, to get that signature across. But um, if he's the player we need, I, I would say that's you know, money well spent, especially if you're, you're saving yourself a cool 375k a week mm. um, on a Davidea wage. Um, I think that money can be, can be spent elsewhere. So Onana looks like the uh, like the replacement there, and that'll be the go ahead. Uh, David De Gea, he said goodbye to the fans, which was really really nice. So just before we finish up on David, however, did you hear about the Marcus Rashford slip up? No, go, so, go go for it. So obviously, when players put out messages on social media, I I would be interested to know the stats. So Elon, if you're out there, Zuck. You know, if you, you, I know you both guys are both training for your fight, but if you could give us the data on how many players actually use agencies to do their social media for them, would be nice because Marcus Rashford has replied to David De Gea's goodbye message, farewell message to Man United with caption ideas. So he's posted caption ideas. <laughs> so he's obviously put it in for caption ideas in a Google search or something. And and to be fair to Marcus, I would suggest that he's probably got a media team who runs his stuff. Yeah, yeah. But so they've posted caption ideas. <laughs> 
So getting the old chat GPT, the old AI to get in and, and try and make you a nice little, uh, nice little caption or, you know, farewell to your teammate hasn't worked. So, yeah, it's a bit of a pisser. But, um, yep, so that's, that puts a nail in that. David Dyer moving on. Um, not even a, a facsimile could stop him this time. No. So we remember the old uh, Madrid fax that didn't go through when he was trying to move on deadline day. So couldn't stop him this time. He's a free agent. He's off. Uh, Thank you for your service, son. Uh, Some other transfer stuff going around, mate. Uh, Harry Kane, Bayern Munich are apparently putting bids for Harry Kane. Yeah. I can't see why he would go. Yeah. Yeah, I I think he's only 40-odd, 40, maybe 46 goals off Alan Shearer's Premier League goal-scoring record. Yep. I mean, you're going to go and play in the Bundesliga where it's not really competitive. Yeah, you'll win a trophy. You know, you'll win trophies. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't see how there's much in this. Uh, I don't really see Bayern winning the big ones, like the Champions League yeah, in the next yep. couple of years either. So, But uh, apparently uh, they're, they're putting in or they're making moves for him. Thomas, Thomas Tuchel's obviously over there managing at the moment. Yeah. Eighty million euro plus add-ons from Bayern has been the offer so far. I would, yeah, I mean Daniel Levy at Tottenham. He generally drives. You don't a seem hard like bargain. you're loving it. You don't seem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, I'd love it if he signed for Manchester United. We need. He's the player we need. Yeah. But I can't see him going for anything less than a hundred. Yeah. You know, that's just Daniel Levy in Tottenham. That's how they work. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I don't like it, even just as a fan of football. I'm like, oh, Harry Kane, like, stay at Spurs. Yeah. You know, stay at Spurs if, if that's, you know, because you never know. Ange is in. Ange has had a lot of success where he's been. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he might just be a manager that you enjoy working with. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, that's, uh, that's the big transfer news in terms of um, – the big move, so it has been has been pretty quiet this week. Uh, Mano Solomon has um, looks like he's signing for Spurs, so Tottenham move. They're they're shifting a few players. Fred's also um, also got some new agents, mm. so we know what agents like. They like cash dollars. So uh, yeah, Fred could possibly be looking at a bit of a move. Um, nothing from the Toffees, mate. Nothing, mate. Nothing. Nothing. But, um, yeah, obviously things will heat up. Uh, the big one, though, that was earlier in the week is um, Arda Gula has joined Real Madrid on a six-year contract. Now, Real Madrid are really known for the Galactico era, you know, where they were just signing the who's who and putting them in that white shirt and really building the brand. But they have done a really good job in the last five years or so, of just picking up the best young talent very, very early. You know, they had Vinicius, who's now killing it. Mm. You know, they picked him up earlier. They signed Tukmeni from, uh, I believe, Lons. Yeah. So he's come from France. Like, they've got a really, really good crux of young players that are coming through as the older players retire. And they've, you know, they feel, it looks like that's a real focus. Which, I mean, that could be an absolute masterstroke. Mm, yeah. You know, so they've picked up another young fella. So Arda Gula, I believe he's 18 years, or he's about to turn 18 years, old Turkish player, and he's um, he's signing on a six-year contract. So, I mean, 
could be any. And, and, you know, you can't forget that who was the best player for Arsenal Football Club last year? Martin Odegaard. Real Madrid signed him at 15. Yeah. You know, they just he just didn't see a path to the first team and they did business on him. Like, yeah. you know, so they're doing a really, really good job picking up these good young players. So You're impressed, mate, aren't you? I, I am impressed yep. because my team is shit yeah. <laughs> at recruiting young players. They appear to have no idea. So anyway, that's the misery that I'll let go. Anything else on the football that you've... Seen around town, mate? No, mate, it's been relatively quiet this week. As you mentioned before, toffees have been quiet. We're going to need to see some action firing up very, very soon. But um, You would hope so. Yep. Yeah, nothing nothing jumping out at me. Obviously, the big moves of last week with Declan Rice. Yep. Um, obviously, earlier moves of Alexis McAllister for Liverpool, they're all out there and well and truly settled. Mason Mount looking at heading off on pre-season tours with their clubs, but I'm sure it'll heat up uh, once, especially those international players start checking in for mm. for uh, for their clubs. So we'll see how it goes. All good, righty What's next, mate? Oh. Mate, integrity. Integrity. Righty-o, integrity report for this week. Uh, do you want me to go first, mate? Because I've, I've mate. got one. Go yeah, on. it was it was pretty. Uh, yeah, it was pretty unusual this one. So, um, I mean, have you ever tried out for a, a team before, Potty? Mate, I've uh, had my fair share of tryouts. Have you been successful? I've been given the nod sometimes. Have you had to do anything that was a bit unusual to obtain selection in that team? No, usually it's always been about my uh, playing ability. All above board. All above board. Well, I came across an article, and and this has been published in Massa, mm-hmm. um, which is you know a big, big publish, a uh, big publication. Sorry, my apologies. Uh, obviously, we have got the big women's World Cup in Australia, New yeah. Zealand, so. Exciting times for the Not women's long game. Off kicking off, yeah, um, and I'm definitely going to be checking out the the Tillies. Oh, Let's for sure. go, go the Tillies. Um, and I think I reckon we're going to do well. I'd say we'll win. Yeah, um, Zambia has also qualified for their first World Cup. However, some really, really disturbing information has come out of the Zambian camp um, with accusations that. Players have been told, um, and I'm going to butcher his name, Coach uh, Coach Bruce Mwape uh, took tar- charge of the team in 2018, um, and he has had some success coaching them, so they have qualified for the Women's World Cup. Mm. However, there has been accusations that um, there has been a push from the football organisation that if the coach said that he wants to sleep with the players, that they should say yes. It was in their best interests to say yes. What is doing, Potty? Oh, my God. So not only is this request coming from the coach, this request, should it come, is being supported by the football. The Zambian Football uh, Association have said that, you know, they're, they're investigating allegations of sexual abuse, but there's obviously been the, the old-fashioned wink-wink, nudge-nudge. Well, I mean, if that's what the coach wants, you it's going to be within your best interest to uh, 
to give him what he wants if you want your selection. Yeah, wow. Like, it is crazy to think. The, the old, like, obviously, you hear about the old-fashioned Harvey Weinstein and what went on in Hollywood with all that garbage. And, yeah. And, you you know, you you go, well, I mean, there's some, there's some darkness around sport. Yeah. But you're thinking, this is, this is pretty offside. Oh, it's in, – in this day and age, in the world we live in, for that – How do you – yeah, how, how do you does still, that happen? How do you still get away with that sort of garbage? Well, you don't. You, you don't like – Well, he's obviously not now. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I just don't understand. How do you – yeah, how prevalent is it though? Well, that, that is the question. How – because obviously there's been somebody or a group of um, women who've stood up and said no – uh, and like their voices have been um, heard on this occasion, but are there other instances where they it it hasn't? Like it's a real concern. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, and if to do those sorts of things or to be put in a position where you've got to drastically change your behaviour for selection in a football squad, it's yeah, yeah can't be done. You can't do it. No, you know, and the and this when it gets into you know, obviously the the abuse of power when it comes to um, you know, sexual relations, it's it's very very ugly, mate. So where were we at? It um, stood down. So investigations ongoing. Yep. Uh, I don't believe he is stood down at the moment. Um, However, I could be wrong with that. But, uh, I mean, it gets uglier too because there are other coaches within this setup who have got accusations put against them with even getting as low as the under-17s coach, you know, which is scary yeah, to think about it. Scary. I mean, they need to put a broom through it. And I think it's really the push has got to come from FIFA on this. Yeah. You know, FIFA should be looking at the World Cup and looking at the product and looking at the bigger picture here and going, rightio, you need to get – you've – got two weeks ago to get your ducks in order yep. before we even get you on a flight to get you out to Australia yep. or New Zealand, wherever you're starting from. Yeah. You know, they, and FIFA's got the power to push that sort of stuff through. Agreed. And if it means that this bloke doesn't come out and coach, then it's probably for the best. Yeah, agreed. Because I couldn't imagine too many players with this news coming around running over to give him an old-fashioned handshake at no, the end of the game. I wouldn't think so. Now... I know you're thinking it, so I'm going to say it. We've talked about obviously doing things and, you know, going that extra mile to obtain selection, mate. Mm. How many players have slept with Freddie lately? (laughs) (laughs) How many NRL players in that team have slept with Freddie Potty? Are you willing to go on record and say what? It seems a bit that way, doesn't it? And look, we'll we'll finish this one off, but I just want to make it, and I'm going to stand by my statement here. I want to make it very, very clear. Graham Arnold. I know you're a big listener. You're a big fan. I'd love a Socceroos cap, brother. (laughs) I'd love a Socceroos cap, mate. You just let me know, brother. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. All right, mate. Well, um, my um, uh, integrity issue of the week. So um, President Biden, he's found his way over um, 
to England and he's uh, visiting the world. <laughs> he's found his way over there. Are you suggesting that he might – it's like he's a bloke who's gotten <laughs> loose from the from the retirement village and he's just – Oh, it's a hangover. <laughs> he's, he's lingering around the streets with dementia or something. No, 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 although it did come across like that, didn't I? He's actually over there on official business, mate. The, uh, he, he's talking climate change. And um, as he's gone over, he, he, he's met the king. Um, Chuck, yeah, and um, but he's a, he's engaged in a pat on the back, and apparently that's a no-no, no touch. But so, are you suggesting that patting the king on the back is not within the spirit of the game? No, apparently <laughs> it's not within the spirit of the game. Oh, so yeah, apparently this has caused a little bit of a media stir if you will. So pe- people are up in arms about it, or hands, patting. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I-, I read this entire article on it, and they-, they spoke about how it's not meant to be done. But, um, you know, to his credit, King Charles, he, he copped it on the chin, or the-, the back, and uh, he didn't have a problem with it. He thought it was quite a warm embrace, and, and they're great mates. Have you seen Charles' hands, though? Like, oh. get a gr- get a glimpse of the dick beaters on that. Like, he, <laughs> they are like little ch- chipolata, <laughs> chipolata sausages. These things. Like, I can understand why Sleepy Joe didn't want to shake his hands. No, and um, anyway, I, I'm just not sure they talked about um, uh, climate change at all, mate. But uh, you know, uh, I, I guess you could say the climate change chat got hot. <laughs> Oh, uh, mate. Anyway, mate, so that caught it's my that, eyes. <laughs> I mean, that's the funny thing, and we'll get into a bit more climate change discussion later on, but I tell you what, isn't it interesting that, like, the summits of the climate change, they've got two blokes who are well and truly on their way out yeah, who right. are debating <laughs> what we do in the future with climate change. Yeah, they, they, Are you suggesting that they've... um. Uh, seen more sunrises than they will see. Oh, I don't know. I, I've I've been surprised. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I wouldn't be wrong in suggesting that um, they don't fly economy. <laughs> They're probably, uh, probably going over in their old private jets. I'd say you're right, mate. I'd say you're right. But anyway. Well, so, talking about handshakes, mate. Mm-hmm. I mean the handshake. It is a it is a fair debate, and I know a, a while ago you mentioned obviously if we were going to have a punch on with politicians, the John Howard Mark Latham handshake. That was yep. that might have been two thousand and one oh, election. Sorry, your tick's going. I'm shaking. I'm shaking. I, yeah, I um, I, I'm not. Sure no, two thousand three. Yeah, I thought two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Yeah, yeah, two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Yeah, okay, sorry. But uh, yeah, you know. yeah. So that was that was always um, that was a classic little uh, little video clip. That one where uh, yeah, you almost ripped his arm off mm. and bit his face. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> um, when you go in for the handshake, obviously, and this is something that you know a lot of people might not be aware of. But when I was at school. There was a pastoral component where we actually learned how to shake hands. Yeah. And it was one of the things of school that I remember. Yeah, right. You know, where it was eye contact, firm grip of the hand, you know, don't be a lettuce leaf, Yeah. okay, because that tells a lot. 
You know, if you go in and you're going in for a business deal and someone's got a lettuce leaf, you're like, oh, you might as well sign over the business to yeah, me. I've got that's it. That's mine. Like the body language about it, remember? And also, too, the cupping of the hand. Yeah. So caressing the backside of the hand, I mean, what does that say to somebody? Yeah. It says, I'm, I'm warm I've got embrace. One, yeah, I've got one over you. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll I'll take you. I'll I'll, I'll protect you. It's yep. okay. So, what about the handshake? And is there any spirit of the game rules, or where do you go for a handshake, mate? What What do you got behind the handshake? Or is there certain people who give you a handshake that you go, oh, that was weird? Well, man, the, the handshake sort of changed a lot hasn't it over the years there was a, it was a very like you learn how to handshake it was a very structured response because hmm. it told told a lot about you how interested were you in the person you're actually meeting do we get the um more of the fist bump these days yeah well or the elbow bash the oh, elbow well, oh, i the... just vomited in my mouth <laughs> was that covid oh mate i'd <laughs> rather you cough in my face than <laughs> ask offer me an elbow to bash yeah it was um yeah you're never gonna work Yes, so yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting point. I but if somebody if somebody caresses over your hand when they shake your hand, how do you feel? How does it make you feel? Um, I guess it sort of depends on what they're saying and the tone of their voice. But yeah. I, 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 I could suggest it's meant to be something of a, an intimidation factor for mm. some, but also maybe a, a nurturing and, and a supportive depending on how it's delivered as well. Because yeah. I, th- I think with the Mark Latham, Johnny Howard thing is that he just went in for a, an assertive handshake, Mark Latham, and yep. Johnny Howard's returned with the lettuce leaf and it went pear-shaped <laughs> it from did. there. Just, nobody like would. it was, yeah. And then they were all of a sudden so close they were about to crack into the tango and nobody knew what to do. Yeah. And that was the end of Mark Latham. So there's there's one thing too because like sometimes when I'll – and this, this may sound – yeah, you know, I'm being misogynist, but there's sometimes where I'll shake a female's hand and I'll obviously go in mm. at a at a cadence that I think would be appropriate, and then I've gone in soft and yep. I've felt really bad. I'm like, oh, far out, mm. you know. She's absolutely crushed me, and yep. you know, I look like a, you know, I'm not. I'm producing estrogen now, <laughs> but there's also two times where you'll go in for a handshake. And you'll just absolutely crush knuckles and you'll yeah. go, oh, now oh, I feel oh, bad. Oh, buddy. Yeah. yeah. I hope they've had their yogurt this morning. Mm. Yeah. So, it's a, yeah, it's an odd one, the handshake, but you've got to get it right because if you get it right, geez, it feels good. And then there's the occasion where you both go in really firm, really, yeah. really quite hard. And it's like, <laughs> You're just like, like oh, yeah, we, we, go. are we going to punch on? <laughs> <Let's>, oh. <laughs> oh, well. Handshakes, guys. Practice them. Get them out there. And you know what? If you happen to meet our great King Charles, don't pat him on the back. No. It's not allowed. (laughs) And let me know how purple his index finger is. (laughs) All right, mate. Sporting world awaits. Rightio, mate. Let's do it. Mate, you are excited. You are frothing. Mate, I am. Yep. The UFC. UFC oh, 290. You spoke about I, it. You yeah, talked it up look, and I was I, a bit worried for you. I said every couple of months they give us an absolute barn burner of a card and this was beautiful. I mean, top to toe. It was 
fantastic. Uh, all really, really good fights. If you if you did, you know, I know obviously interest rates are going up and, you know, the pocket strings are getting tightened, but if you splashed out and bought the pay-per-view on the weekend, you did yourself a favour. It was a cracker. Um, mate, where do you want to stop? start from the top of the card or you want to go from the bottom up? Uh, mate, start from the top. Start from the top. So Alex Volkanovsky, Alexander the Great, Aussie legend from Windang. Mm. I mean, he just went out there and absolutely destroyed Yaya Rodriguez. Um, TKO third round. Yep. Um, Rodriguez looked good at times. Like he, it was. He's obviously very crafty, very fast with his with his striking. Um, but Volkanovski, you know, it was just a, it was just at a different pace, you yeah. know, and his wrestling, his you know ability to to drag the the fight to the floor, keep it where he wanted it, top pressure. It was it was very very impressive. Yeah. Um, I found the interesting thing. Obviously, you know, Volk was pretty dominant. It was never in question the, the fight, even up until the stoppage. But um, you know, Rodriguez has got a pretty good guard. You know, he, he can, you know, attack from his back in terms of his jiu-jitsu. Um, he didn't get those opportunities there because Bulk was really just too dominant. Um, and I'd say Craig Jones does a lot of work with Volk on those positions, and it was very, very obvious. Like, um, Craig Jones is just a phenomenal grappler. Um, he was the fellow who... Um, on Fight Pass the other day said he was going out for the nose beers. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's <laughs> Craig Jones. He isn't... Unbelievable character. Um, go and fi- follow Craig Jones BJJ on Instagram. He, you'll be laughing for days. <laughs> he's um, yeah, he's a different cat. Um, but the work he's done with that counter wrestling previously, but also that attacking wrestling that that Volk is working on. You know, I mean, it's it's impressive. But it got to the point there uh, just before the stoppage where Yair started to attack with his striking and it was almost like, I'm losing the fight, I'm getting beaten up. Yep. I'm going to throw it out there. And it was like the switch for Volk. Yep. He was like, yes, lovely. And then just put this check left uh, – sorry, it was a check right hook on him and – just put him down and then just put him away. And it was almost, I was like, oh, Volk's got more. Yeah. Like it was almost like the the switch everyone and, and the commentary team were like, oh, here goes Yair. And it was like, oh, no, you just awoke the bear yeah. who then just went, oh, I'm going to put you away. Yeah. It was so impressive, so impressive from Alex Volkanovsky. And uh, I, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, excited about it. You know, two days later, yeah. it was it was such a great performance. Yoya Rodriguez is not a bad fighter. Yep. He is a fantastic fighter. But to see Alex go through him like he did, I mean, no doubt, pound for pound, the best. Especially after you know his last fight with Islam Makachev. Yeah, didn't get the didn't get the decision. But I mean, I would say that you know we might be another fight. Maybe he fights. Ilya Tapuria, and yep. then goes and fights Islam again. But, I mean, we're going to see that uh, Volk fight for that lightweight title again. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the second fight where the flyweight title was on the line, uh, champion Brendan Moreno uh, fought Alexandre Pantoja, and he lost that on a split decision. Very, very close fight. 
uh, you know, just two really, really game and good fighters, and it was a very big back and forth. I believe they had fought before. Um, I just just slipped my memory from from this point in time. They, it was on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, yeah, they definitely did. Yep. So on the Ultimate Fighter, because they came out of the uh, the Latin America one, they fought on there. Um, Pantoja won the fight, and I'd say it probably won't be the last time they fight. Uh, but. Yeah, it was a really, really uh, emotional Pantoja at the end, and he sort of had a bit of a spiel about, you know, how his mother raised him, and he wants his dad to be proud of him, and and stuff like that. Like it was, yeah, it was quite emotional, uh, you know, and and he sort of opened himself to the crowd on that yeah, one. Right. It was, yeah, it was it was quite unusual. You would you wouldn't usually see it, but Weren't yeah. Expecting it, but. Yeah, and he was saying that now that he's a father, he understands that he, he needs his father to be proud of him. And he, you know, it was, yeah, something. And I, I suppose in the world we live in with, with that many broken homes around, it was an interesting sort of dynamic to see someone who is, you know, in the greatest moment of their life just open yeah. themselves up like that. It was, yeah, it was very, very different. But, uh, yeah, congratulations to Alexandra Pantoja. And, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully... All goes well for you on on all parts as the champion now. Uh, now the lock, mate. The lock that I had: Robert Whitaker versus Drickus Duplessis. Yeah, I said it was a lock. Hey, Rob got stopped. Yeah, right. And um, you know, Rob looked really good. I think um, you know, I was really, really just surprised with how good Drickus was. Yeah. So it wasn't. You weren't disappointed in Rob's performance. Oh, I think Rob would be disappointed himself. He's he's such a such a, a statesman in how he carries himself that I don't think he, he you know he wouldn't be overly emotional yep. um, for us to see. But you know, and he held himself really, really well. But yeah, I was just he got caught with a. Drickus is very very unorthodox in how he approaches. He's not a flashy stand up. You know, look dangerous. But he switched his stance, um, and he just hit hit Rob with some really really good jabs. Yeah, and um, eventually caught him with a jab as he was coming in, uh, which put Rob to the ground, and then just overwhelmed him with pressure. Um, you know, Triggers is pretty good with his pressure. Uh, looking at now his next fight against Israel Adesanya, I think Izzy just comes in as the favourite. You know, I mean, looking at what Izzy j- just did in his last fight. I mean that was super impressive, but I, I like this fight. Yeah. Like I, I think uh, Drickus brings something different. If he can close the distance and get a hold of Izzy, I think it's going to be a very very interesting fight. Um, and obviously, this win over Rob proves that anything's possible because I, you know, I had Rob as a lock. Yeah. You know, so Drickus has got something. So so we've got a fight there. So and that's going to be in Sydney, I believe. So, yeah. you know, we're. Get behind, um, you know, it's going to be a good, entertaining fight. And, um, yeah, obviously Izzy's going to bring the crowd. Drickers is going to bring, um, you know, that, that South African energy and, and you know, somebody new for Izzy to face who he hasn't faced. So it's going to be good. Yeah, looking forward to that card. Really, really bizarre after the fight though, mate. Um, Izzy came into the mm, into yeah. the octagon. Um, so obviously, there's been comments previously where where Drickus has mentioned that uh, he wants to be the first African champion, you know, or African raised champion to in the UFC. So alluding to the fact that previous African champions, such as Francis Ngannou, um, 
Kamara Usman and current champion Israel Adesanya. Although they are of African heritage, they aren't born, raised, trained, red, bred in Africa. Yep. So that's where, and it's a, it's a talking point, and he's got a point, absolutely. Like because he's come through the ranks in South Africa, and now he's going to be fighting for the title. However, the it's got quite dark. You know, and, and Izzy came in and, and I've seen interviews in the past where Izzy sort of bit back at it, you know, and there's been a real racial undertone into into the comments and, you know, I, I haven't walked a mile in the shoes of either a black or a white man in Africa, so I can't speak from that experience. However, I can say that I don't like the way it's going. Yeah. You know, I don't think we – I don't think the fight needs that. Yeah. I think the comments that Drickus has made in terms of him being the first born, bred, raised, you know, generated fighter out of Africa is relevant. He's not wrong. Yeah. You know, that does that make them not African? Absolutely not. No, we're, we're selling fights here. Yeah. Like, who cares? But I really, the reason why I'm concerned about it is I don't want it to get to the end where someone's going to win this fight. Yeah. And it to be as dark as the Connor could be you know, where they had the blue afterwards. And, yep. you know, I th- I think the fight can sell itself without any racial undertones. I And I don't think it's necessary. Like, it was super cringy. Like, even... It was, uh, it was, yeah. You know. Listening, it was, it was, yeah, it was very, it was awkward just sitting, listening to it, so... You know, um, and they were talking about the, like, even doing the... I think they, he said 36 and me, 26 and me. It's actually 23 and me. Mm. DNA testing, like, that was just garbage. Like, you know, it doesn't need it. Like, Izzy doesn't need it. Izzy sells the fight as a fighter and he's got himself a Huckleberry in Drickus Duplessis. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that when Izzy got up in Drickus's face and said, let's go, bitch, it's on, I mean, that's enough for me to get me excited for this fight. Yeah. I don't need all the other stuff around that because we've got two – very, very good middleweight fighters. And I imagine that's the same for all fight fans out there. Yeah, I, I would hope so. about the fight. I would hope so. Once it gets drifted away into that geopolitical stuff, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not. That's what. I, that's not what I'm tuning in for. No. And you know, we we have a habit of doing that in the world we live in at the moment, though. Unfortunately. Uh, another fight, mate. Uh, Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker was an absolute ripper. Uh, Dan Hooker got the nod. It was a split decision on that. Um, it was a very, very close fight. I can see, um, you know, Jalen Turner, you know, I could see if you, you gave it to him, it was it was that close. Yeah, okay. It was really, really good. I thought um, Dan could have possibly finished the fight if he kept it on the feet later. I mean, what reasons? I'm, I mean, he, he's the man in there. He, he knew that um, he sort of kept him down and owned the owned the position and, and got the points or got the round in the second and third. But, um, yeah, I'd be interested, um, yeah, to see what the cards were on that. I haven't seen those on, on who scored what. But the fact that Dan Hooker won, he had a broken arm mm-hmm. in the fight. And that was... That was enough for me to go, you know what? And and Dan's is going. I love Dan Hooker. He's such a great watch. Uh, comes out and fights. Jalen Turner fought really well too. Uh, the two both very, very tall lightweights. Yeah. Um, so that height advantage that Dan usually gets, he didn't have. And obviously Jalen Turner, he'd probably be in the same, um, you know, the same situation because there's not that many real tall lightweights going yeah. around. Um, 
However, they, yeah, they went out, they, the boys brought it and they got after it. And, um, you know, Dan, when he was coming forward and he was overwhelming Jalen, it looked like Jalen was ready to break. Yeah. It looked like he was ready to finish him. They got through the uh, the three rounds and Dan Hooker got the nod. But, um, yeah, it's also come out today that not only did Dan Hooker have a broken arm, but he also had a broken orbital as well. And, <laughs> you know... Do you want to be a fighter? Oh. Do you want to be a fighter? Well, I mentioned um, in one of our early episodes, Greg, that, you know, I'd love to be a fighter, except I don't want to get punched in the face. But I definitely don't want to get punched in the face with a broken arm. Right. So, like, when you think the desire, like, you you think of the desire of these blokes and, you know, how could you ever question that desire when you got people in the fight who are fighting on with a broken arm? And this isn't the first time. So, one of... um, I would I would say one of the the trailblazers of Australian mixed martial arts, James Tahuna, yeah, from Penrith. Like he broke his arm, he got it blocking a a head kick against Igor Pokryach. Yeah, Bro, you could see the still photo of his arm breaking in half, oh. and he went on to win the fight via ground a pound. You know, like just. Oh. The adrenaline going through <laughs> through these guys as they're fighting, yeah. and just to just to kick through, and obviously there's old images back in the day of of uh, James Tahuna dislocating his shoulder, and I think it was uh, Tyson Pedro's old man p- popping it back in its socket, and then him just you know, radio, let's go and back into it. So back in the old oh. the old uh, the old, uh, the old MMA days, yep. yeah. So. I mean, it has been done, and, and fighters will often come into fights injured. They'll fight through injury during fights, but, um, you know, it's very, very impressive. Like, mm. even even Volk at the end of the fight said, oh, he's got to have some so- shoulder surgery. So, you know, they're pretty impressive. Uh, Bo Nickel, mate, he... Uh, he got the knockout pretty quick. I told you that he yeah, was dollar. Yeah. He was a dollar four, I think. Yeah, yeah. In the end, there. Um, you you're pre- yeah, you're pretty confident there. Yes, uh, Robbie Lawler, mate, the great Robbie Lawler. He's uh, he's got his retirement fight, and he's come out, and he's he's won via knockout in thirty eight seconds. Thirty eight seconds. So he's come out and against Nico Price, and Nico's as game as they come. Yep. But it was such a great moment for Robbie. Uh, the fans were all behind him. They had a big uh, montage for Robbie as when he had finished as well, which was really, really nice touch from the UFC. He started fighting in UFC 37. Yeah, wow. So, so 290. 290. He yeah. started fighting in UFC 37. I didn't even know what the UFC was yeah. in UFC 37. The first time I saw the UFC, um, I watched the old cassettes, the old one and two, uh, and then the old Tank Abbott days. But, oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. we were already up to UFC 50 by the time I got a hold of those those VHSs. Yeah. So, you know, Robbie's been around for a long time, uh, 41. He just said he, said he loves to fight, but he just hasn't got the training camps in him anymore. May and 10, 2002. Yeah, wow. That was after 2001. <laughs> he's, tick, he's ticking again <laughs> um, And a real unfortunate one for us uh, Final thing before I, I put a wrap on it um, There was two unfortunate So uh, Shannon Ross He's a, a local Gold Coast fighter I believe um, He was knocked out uh, Very early in his fight Against uh, Jesus Aguilar um, You know Shannon will come back 
I, and that hopefully that's not the last we see of him in the UFC. But you know, shit happens, mate. It's a fight. Yeah. yeah but he was um, he was cleaned up. It was it was a brutal knockout. Um, but uh, yeah, back on the horse for Shannon, and uh, good on you, mate. Keep keep fighting. Um, Jimmy Crute was another one who went down. Uh, of the Aussies, but uh, the big one, uh, Jack Della Magdalena, uh, Madalena, sorry, um, he couldn't get a fight, so he he was a part of my multi, uh, but that was void because uh, he's he had two fighters fall out within the last week. So, yeah. and I mean, if you're going to take Jack on a on a short notice fight, you want to get paid because Jack's coming in with the heat. Mm. You know, he's a really, really top prospect for Aussie fighters as well. So so get behind Jack Della Madalena. He's uh he's a ripper. But that's it from the UFC, mate. Um anything with the boxing? So Zoo and Charlo on hold, mate. Apparently so, yeah. yeah. So Jamel Charlo. Yeah. He's confirmed that he'll be fighting Sol Kilnello Alvarez yep. on September thirty. So he, the super middleweight titles will be on the line for that. So Tim Zhu was called for the Charlo fight. Yeah. And yeah, people are saying that Charlo, he's ducking Zhu. He's fighting Canelo. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good guy. <laughs> if, if Jamel wants any advice on ducking mm. people, if you're going to duck anyone, don't go and fight Canelo. So it's obviously he's got got the opportunity for a fight with Canelo. It's obviously a massive payday for him. Um, I yeah. don't mind it for for Tim Zoo. You know, go over there and fight someone else. Yeah, go over you, there. you mentioned that some weeks ago. Now. Yeah, go over there and fight someone else. Get a tune up. Get let the you know shit go on the undercard. Yeah, you know it's not going to happen because they're no. going to you know promotional uh, politics tells us otherwise. But go and make yourself and call Charlo out. You yeah. know, get a good win. Get a, a absolute, you know, show-stopping win like your last one in the States. Yeah, and, that's and the key. Get party. over to the States, get yeah. a win over in the States, and then... I don't know. think this is the baddest thing. You know, it's obviously they're saying it's disappointing for Zoo and, you know, boxing's boxing. Boxing's different to MMA. Um, there's, a, there's a chance his camp is seeing the silver lining here. I, I hope they are, yeah. but, you know... I'm yeah. I'm not in his camp, but yeah, uh, they just want some more. I like, yeah, I I like, but you don't want to burn your fighter. You know, you no. get him against Charlie, you get a couple of you know, couple of tune ups in there on the way, and you know, increase that, you know, two or three more fights before you get that big fight. Builds up, you get paid more. Yeah, it builds up the interest, and you know, because I would I would suspect that if Charlo does what we think and gets beaten by. I think the greatest boxer walking on the earth at the moment. Um, yeah, if he gets beat by him, you probably want him to at least have another fight before you then step in for that big fight, if you if you mm. know what I mean. You yep. don't want him to come off the back of a loss to Canelo to be jumping into your big fight and then trying to sell that. Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking business perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want him to come, go and, go and blitz someone else and solidify your titles and then I'm coming for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it could be a, a two-fight turnaround before we see that one anyway. Yeah, and as you said, might not be the worst thing. Yeah, uh, the tennis mate Wimbledon's kicking. Yeah, well, it's um as you said uh, earlier in the podcast, short turnaround uh, because we were late last week, but rain delays and whatnot, we actually haven't progressed as far as you'd think. So we're hitting the quarterfinals now. So it is the business end of the tournament, but we're finally getting there with the um uh, ladies and the men's draw. 
but not much has changed from what I said last week. Um, world number one, two, and three in the uh, ladies' draw. So, um, uh, Swiatek, uh, Savalenka, and Rabinka are all still there. And Rabinka being the defending champion, I'm pretty sure the winner's going to come from one of those three. I'm not sure which one, um, but, yeah, they have seemed to be getting through their rounds without too much stress. Uh, in the men's side of the draw, Novak is still there. He um, He's running on cruise control. Did have a tough match just recently where he got through in four sets, but at the end of the day, he did, did what Novak does, and he won mm. two tiebreakers to begin with and then lost the third and then brought it home 6-4, I think, in the fourth. Um, Daniel uh, Medvedev is still there. He's world number three, and Carlos Alcaraz is the big threat, I think. He's the current US Open champion, mm. and uh, he didn't play in the Australian Open this year. And he came close at the Frenchy. Yeah, he was thereabouts in the French. Semi-final is in my multi. I lost. <sighs> That's how I remember things these days. My big um, – m- m- imagine if you won one. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> oh, my, uh, my big question is, like, um, you know, Alcaraz, we all want him to be um, – you know, a superstar because, as you mentioned the other week, what a name! Yeah, <laughs> but um, Alcatraz, Alcatraz, yes. But um, at the um, at the end of the day, uh, whether he's going to be one of the greats or whether he's just waiting for Novak to finally finish up and then he's going to claim a few more because Novak didn't play in the US. Mm. Or I don't think he played in the US Open last year. So um, it, can he beat Novak? We'll wait and see. It's been a problem for most others. Mm. Yes, no, Novak is, is playing well. But speaking of Alcatraz, a bit of a public service announcement for the listeners out there. Have you ever been to San Francisco? No, I haven't been to San Francisco. So if you go to San Francisco and you want to go to Alcatraz, you've actually got to book in for it. Mm. You know, because when I travel, I just turn up and go, yeah, I'll do this. I'll have a crack at that. And I turned up and I was like, oh, can you go over to Alcatraz? And I'm like, yeah, no worries. It's a three-week wait. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a public service announcement. If you do intend on going to Alcatraz for a bit of a touristy activity, book, book in. in. Book in. Book in. And uh, that has nothing to do with the tennis. That, nothing to do with the tennis. But just so you know, um, F1, mate, what's happening there? Uh, so Maxi got it done again, mate. As he does. Um, so he's, he's just rolling, oh. Maxi. Uh, rolling very fast. <laughs> Apparently so, and he's not rolling with his feet like we suggested. No, uh, it was done at, at Silverstone though. It's something something special at our fun at Silverstone though, mate. I was watching it on the weekend. Um, McLaren play uh, they they raced really well. Uh, they were the surprise packets. They had uh, Lewis Hamilton. He came second with uh, George Russell fourth. So they were either side with the McLaren boys. Lando Norris, sorry, Lewis Hamilton came third. Yep. And um, George Russell, fifth. Uh, Lando Norris was second. And Oscar Piastri, the Aussie, yep. he was fourth. So uh, a bit of a challenge being put forth by McLaren, which is nice and interesting, obviously being a, a local manufacturer, really. You know, their, their head offices are in the UK. So, yep. um, you know, they obviously to turn up at Silverstone and, and put on a really good performance. They'd be happy with that. But... Uh, yeah, nobody's stopping Red Bull at the moment. No, just a class above, best driver, best machine. Mm, yep. That's usually what gets it done, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, interesting thing, though, speaking about being overseas, mate, um, I came across these things, and there's not much 
NFL news coming out at the moment. No, it's all a bit quiet, and it tends to be a little bit that way. Yeah, they, they actually get locked out. Mm. So, um, yeah, when you talk about collective bargaining and talking about Rugby League Players Association, you can't turn up to your uh, place of work during certain periods within the off-season. It's actually illegal. Yeah, right. Yeah, so... I mean, they've got it. They've got it locked down over there. Well, but um, when you're locked out of your workplace and you need to be somewhere else, where do you usually be? Stay at home. Stay at home. Now, I'm pretty sure that Paddy Mahomes hasn't got a problem staying at home at the moment. Did you see Paddy Mahomes' house? I did see his cottage. Oh, mate, the, he's got a three, a par three hole in he his does. backyard. Yeah, he does. So someone's obviously. Um, Obviously, uh, sent a drone over over Paddy Mahomes' property, um, and it has remained remained airborne to take footage, which is nice. Yep. Um, and they've gone over there, and it looks like an absolute palace. It's uh, yeah, a massive house. I, I couldn't imagine to start counting the uh, the bedrooms on it, but they, they've got this aerial view of it. He's got his own Mahomes. I believe it's a forty yard. Football field. Yeah, he's got a footy field. Yeah, so he's, it's only 40 yards. Yeah, yeah, um, come on. Because basically, where does he want to throw from within the 40? That's right. That's it. You don't want to be coming out of your own end. No. Um, which is obviously embroidered or, you know, logoed with his own uh, Mahomes logo. Yep. Um, and also, too, yeah, he's just cheeky little little par three over the back. He does. He does. I mean... So... Uh, I'm not turning up for work. No. Well, you know, lockdown certainly wouldn't have been. <laughs> it wouldn't have been an issue for him. Yeah. So he's on a contract of um, worth nearly half a bill, half a billion, 500 million. Yep. Total of the deal. What are you doing, mate? What's your house looking like, Potty? You've got 500 mil. Oh, 500 what mil. What are you mate? putting in there? Well, I'll tell you what, mate. I'm definitely having that golf course. Oh, yep. I love that. That little par three there. <laughs> You know, it looks like he's got his own ground staff down there. <laughs> just I'm zooming in on it. Oh, he will um, do, yeah. Yeah, I'm just – is that a moat? <laughs> I mean, if you've got $500 million and you're not having a moat. <laughs> That's a footbridge, definitely. I'm ha- Mate, I'm having a moat and I'm putting Crocs in there. Well, I'm going real old school. I'm going regal. Mate, well, I'll tell you what. I was at um, Australia Zoo last week and I went to the Crocosseum. Maybe maybe you could have a Crocosseum. Oh, I mean, you're an ideas man, Potty. Mate. Why wouldn't you? Why if you had 500 you? million, why would you not have a Crocosseum? That's right, mate. That's right. Kids um, would love it. I'm probably putting a go-kart track in. Mm, a go-kart track? Go-kart yeah. track, yeah. Go-karts, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, well... The golf's always been the big golf. Thing golf's here. definitely. I'm having every. I've got. I've got one of what Paddy's got. Oh yeah, everything of what he's got. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I'm probably looking at possibly maybe an indoor arena though. Hmm. Do you like? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's, and you know he hasn't got an indoor arena, Paddy. You need you need to investigate, mate. How? I mean, how can you have a house like that without an indoor arena? No, how can you? How could you? Come on, mate. Swim up bar. Standard. Easy, mate. Easy. I mean, they've got them in Thailand and hotels. I yep. mean, you got to have it in your house if you're rich. Are you a Cars fan? Could uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a rev head. No, I'm not a rev head. But, either, but I, might. I would have. I would have some nice. So, you know where people get like really, really good cars. Yeah. Um, 
I'm like I just look at like you know a Ferrari, a Porsche. I'm like, oh, get a, a Hilux or a Navara, <laughs> a really good one. That'd be nice, or an Isuzu D Max. You know, I'd be happy with that. So you're not like putting a brand in, new one. You're not putting in a quarter mile. No, no. not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. And instead of traffic lights, just to oh, start. Oh, <laughs> no, my one. No, my luck. I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd Paul Walker it or something. <laughs> I mean, my wife would wish I'd turned up looking like Paul Walker, but uh, yeah, I'd probably, uh, probably drive like him. <laughs> oh, uh, well done, Patty. Yep, I love your golf course, mate. Perhaps you're a big fan. Perhaps you can invite us around for a swing one day. Yeah, oh, it'd be great. Great. Mate, and um, finish, not, not much golf this week, so finishing off the cricket, um, the, the third test, uh, yeah, the England got us done. Too good. Uh, it was another close one. They won by three wickets, but, yeah, I, I don't think there was too much more wag in that tail. And if they'd been able to, I think their last, their last two batsmen, uh, who were their bowlers, mm. Wokes and Woods, I think they got 35 runs to finish it off, so it was... It was um, it was pretty. Close. I went to bed, mate. Yeah. It um, went over the str- stroke of midnight. At, I think they had about forty six runs to get, mm. and we had four wickets. And I was, they just looked comfortable. Yeah, you know, though Stark was coming in. He'd taken a couple of weeks, but the ball was just coming off the bat too easy. Yeah, and I thought, oh, they're just going to knock it around, pick up the singles, and um, I needed to go to sleep. So, yeah, obviously, I didn't miss a. A revving Australian victory, but so we touched on Nathan Lyon getting hurt last week, and we really missed him. Todd Murphy mm. looks like a player of the future. Did really well in the subcontinent early this year as a uh, playing with Nathan Lyon. Yeah, took a lot of wickets, played really well. A couple of spinners did really well over there, but um, uh, he only took one wicket for the match and was just, uh, was Australia's most expensive bowler. I think if we'd had Gary there. We might have been able to sneak a steer our way to a win. He, he sort of yeah. he sort of built a career out of being that bloke in the second innings who just comes in and and really does a job for Australia. And Michael really, Clark used to do that as well. Yeah, he Clarky. Well, I remember that day, oh, two thousand and seven, and um, he yeah. um against he, India against India in three oh. wickets in the last over. Yeah. yeah. Um. Simon no leggies. Wasn't no leggies from Steve Smith. No, Steve Smith's um, giving it away. I mean, you know, some would say he's doing enough with a bat to hold his spot without bowling. Yeah. So, you know, I'll let him off with that one. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I think Todd Murphy's going to be a good bowler in the future. But what, what Nathan Lyon does really well is he ties up an end. He's stingy with the runs he gives away. Yeah. So that when you put Mitch Stark down the end, uh, other end who's bowling these swingers, you know, left and right, wide, they feel like they've got to have a swing at it because they can't score off Nathan Lyon. Yeah. So and and he gets a lot of wickets that way. So even the wickets that Lyon doesn't get, and he's nearly got, I think he's got four ninety six now. So even the wickets he doesn't get, he he helps others get them. So yeah, and uh, but you know it's a I, team game. Yeah, I'm I'm loving. Um, it, it was another green top, so it would be interesting to see. You know, I thought we were at Wimbledon there for a minute, but um, it'd be interesting to see what the pitch is like next. Yeah. Um, where are we off to next? Um. I don't know. Yeah, we always finish it um, the oval, don't we? So, um, anyway, it's. Um, I I mean, I was actually really, really impressed with the fact that being at Headingley, yep, um, and Leeds, 
I was like, obviously, when I watch Leeds play, I'm either watching uh, Leeds United in the Premier League or the Leeds Rhinos. Yep. And um, I was so impressed with the amount of teeth that I saw out there on the, <laughs> in the crowd. Um, obviously, cricket bringing in a, a more affluent uh, spectator. But uh, yeah, there was lots of full sets of teeth. It was great. Yep. Well, it. Um where are we going next, mate? Uh, I'm still struggling to find that, actually, this stuff. Oh. Dates, tickets, fourth test, Old Trafford. Oh. Yeah. Not the theatre of dreams, mate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, oh, the, the the other thing that I'm loving is Pat uh, Pat Cummins and how comfortable he is in front of the meter and how, how he plays everything with a straight bat. Yeah. And, um, they said he was in the meter. You might have heard it in the... Media conference the other day, and he goes, "Oh, so tough loss. You guys feel like you've lost momentum? Nah. Oh, why not? Two one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all he said. So, and he wasn't. That's being all you say. The old fashioned look at the scoreboard. But if you were, if you were like looking at his face, yeah, like he wasn't being a smartass. He's just like, oh, it's just the way it is. Like, yeah. Speaking of being a smartass, did you see Eddie Jones's rev up? Eddie Jones, yeah, yeah far out. Yeah. I mean that that Springboks, uh, oh, yeah. Dear, I mean dear. that journo. We didn't touch on the rugby, so um, no. Yeah, yeah, I I just caught it and I was like, uh, and I love Eddie Jones. Like, yeah, yeah. Eddie Jones is, I think he's a great personality. He's obviously a very very clever coach mm. and very experienced, but. You know, that I mean, golden age he, he of just rugby that yeah. he, he guided us. I mean, in the if we're talking about spirit of the game, I mean, Eddie Jones was he was gritting his teeth and staying within the spirit of of the game when it came to media reporting because he was very close to calling that bloke a fuckwit. <laughs> it was very very close. He was biting his tongue. But, um, you know, and I think that's uh, that's obviously a bit of a masterstroke when you get Eddie as coach of the Wallabies is, you know, he's he's very honest. Um, He's no bullshit and he's someone who's going to – he's going to take responsibility but he's also going to make sure that his players are taking responsibility. So, I mean – I think it's probably do, what we need at the moment. I think he'll do good things for Australian rugby. I think he'll attract people to the game. I think you will see more rugby league players um, defect under Eddie Jones. Mm. Um, that you remember last time he was coach of the Wallabies, you saw. Um, oh yeah, obviously. Wendell, Lottie, Matt, Matty Rogers. But I mean, then and there's the there's bigger problems there for rugby, and oh, we, we've touched on it in the past where it's it's. You know, it's that development pathway for yep. for future rugby players that needs to really have the screws tightened. But yep. yeah, anyway, oh, good mate. So, bit of multis on the multis. No good, mate. Um, one out of three. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I went in the last week, hot off me win, my, my first half um, victory the week before, where I picked three Cowboys players to score and they all scored in the first mm. half. And I thought to myself, you know what? I've, I've figured it out. You Sport, found, you sports found, bets. yeah. I nearly quit the job. Like I was that confident. Yeah. Nah, no good. One out of three, mate. So. Granola's, the house always wins. The house always wins. <laughs> I, um, yeah. Uh, Nico Hines got over the try line, but when was the last game bloody Ronaldo Molotello didn't score, mate? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Katoa got a double though, so this was the old-fashioned 
uh, Potty's played the wrong side of the field again. And I did it the last time yeah. we played Cronulla. So, oh, mate. No good, no good. But um, you know what? I'll be back next week. And as always, gamble responsibly. Mm, so, mate, I went in for what could only be considered the Aussie KO multi. Yep. So I went for Volk KO, Whitaker KO, and Della Maddalena KO. Now, I was slightly confident with that. I thought, oh, you know. It's a, it's a big take, but I, I, I liked it. I think Jack Della Maddalena, he's obviously, he's, my bet was void on that one um, because he didn't get a fight. But um, he would have he won by KO. Volk got the KO, but then Whitaker got KO'd. So yeah. I didn't quite get it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't was a bad. I, I was luckily that, uh, I was lucky that, Losing the bet was offset with how fucking good of a card that was. Yeah. Like, it was such a good fight. Oh, mate, but, I can um, see yeah, it. Like, so you're going to go back and you're going to watch it again tonight, aren't you? Going to have to. Going to have to. <laughs> Darling, go to bed. Uh, Dad's staying up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. So we, we should go into the pinas of the week. Yes, mate. What Let's finish got, it mate? off. Mate, well, look, I'm going to put a disclaimer out there right now for uh, sour grapes here. Sour grapes here on my behalf. Just being honest, mate. Just being honest. So, as discussed uh, last week... What could possibly have got your salty pod? Mate, ladies and gentlemen, we completed our first marathon last week. Very and we proud. went through this in detail. Oh, very, very proud of the efforts. And I couldn't have been proud. I was sitting there going, you know what? It's a tough thing and you push yourself through. Nothing could bring me down. Until yesterday, until yesterday, mate, when um, Alexandra Sorokin has broken the world record as the uh, fastest person ever to run 100 kilometres. So he hasn't done just the 42. Oh, this bloke needs to get a hobby. He hasn't just run the 42, mate. (laughs) He's run an extra, an extra, what, 58 Ks. Yeah. Yeah. Not only has he done that... So chucked a couple of extra park runs on top. That's right, mate. That's yeah. right. Not only has he done that, he's done it in roughly just under an hour slower than what I did my 42 case. Yeah. Well, so that's a reality check. <laughs> so I've gone from thinking, good on you, Pod. You've, done, you've yeah. done yourself proud. You've done a marathon. To realising that I am uh, in the marathon world completely irrelevant and worthless. Yeah, well. <laughs> so this bloke was... When How I finished, good's that? Was like, <laughs> you know, he's you're still a penis, Alexander. Oh. But... Oh. Yeah, mate. You've done well, mate. You're a good. You're a hard penis. You, you are, <laughs> you've done well, mate. Oh, oh mate. So yeah, good look, that. You know, I've given you my penis of the week, and I do it in jest, mate. That is just absolutely unbelievable. I think his average kilometre place was three thirty-eight. I've just yeah, torn me uh, hamstring. Yeah. I've just torn me hamstrings thinking about that. And that mate. makes me sick. <laughs> well, that literally would make me sick, mate. I'd no. be in all sorts of bother. <laughs> So, um, but, you know, well done to you. You've shown us up, mate. I'm soaking <laughs> about it. Um, what about you, mate? Actually, before I get into the penis of the week, I, I just wanted to touch on something. So uh, we obviously get our names put on the um, on the running bib 
Mm. when we run so yeah i i think we better share with the listeners what you had written on your running bib i i just had will g yeah you know so grego but will first name so will g was on there potty what did what did you have on yours so as we mentioned last week my wife did it as well and and so you know we, we went the family thing i had mr pot yep and she had mrs pot and you know, that's I, that's I like it. Man, I, I was pretty happy with it. You know, wife loved it. <laughs> and um, what the crowd think, mate? Well, for those people who've never done a fun run or never done a, a, a half or or a ten k or a marathon, the crowd support there is fantastic. When you're battling, that they're yelling out support. They're rallying. They're rallying. It's really quite inspirational and fantastic. Except for me, because the writing that I had was actually, you know. It wasn't small like you could read it, but if you were no. more than three metres away, which most people were, it was difficult to read. And so the font and the font was it was creative, it was it, it had a flow on effect throughout it. the bib. So they weren't um they weren't yelling out, Go Mr. Pod. They were yelling out, Go Mr. Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> I must have had oh, 20 Mr. people Pooh. yell out to me, go, Mr. Pooh. Oh, and that's what they'd be thinking, oh, this is a joke. This guy's just written Mr. Pooh on <laughs> his shirt. because you're so shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> mate, so not only were you hurting in terms of, you know, the fact that your muscles were about to explode, but also to... I mean, sticks and stones will break your bones. <laughs> but names will hurt me forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> names will carve you up when you're halfway through a marathon. Oh, uh, so, so anyone who thought I was crying because of the pain, <laughs> I was, the yeah. emotional pain. You keep chugging, Mr. Pooh. <laughs> um, right here, I'm going to be very short and sharp with my uh, penis of the week this week, mate. Um, just stop oil. They're at it again. Um they, they, these pack of fucking galahs, mate. Oh, they, mate. So anyway, apparently, uh, so one of the, uh, is it a local member of parliament's turn? He's on his wedding day and they've thrown red, uh, sorry, orange, um, what do they call it? The spreckles or? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> spreckles. I kind of wish I didn't say that. <laughs> What are they? Confetti. Confetti. Fucking confetti. (laughs) Spreckles. No worries, Spreckles. (laughs) Mate, Spreckles threw me. I probably would have got to confetti if you hadn't thrown me with Spreckles. So they're throwing, I mean, look what you're doing to the world, just stop oil. (laughs) You you penises. Oh, mate, you're turning me into a penis. So, uh, yeah, they're throwing... um, yeah, thrown obviously confetti and and just but to disturb someone on their wedding day. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, oh mate. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, you know any of those protesters and those those knobs, you yeah, you penis of the week. If someone didn't punch you in there for that, <laughs> it was a lady. So oh, who yeah, did it? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, hairy armpits It'll send you crazy. <laughs> Rightio, that's us, mate. All right, mate. So we've done it again. We've done it again. We've knocked it in the box. Um, so we're going to have another Origin special. We're going to drop that on Thursday. Yep. Um, something we did miss with our Origin last Origin episode because we were so traumatised by 
the performance that was put on the field. We didn't have our Aaron Raper medal points tally. The three, two, one. Yeah, so what we will do is, um, I mean, I don't think anything will be impacted because there's probably 17 new players who are going <laughs> to earn points because Freddie's an idiot. But um, we will have our, our final tally of the Aaron Raper medal uh, to award our Aaron, Aaron Raper medalist uh, on our Thursday drop. So stay tuned for that. Yep. Add your points up too if you want. Yep. However, uh, most importantly too, if you're a Queensland fan and um, you're on the socials, can you give us some curry? Get into us. Have a, have a bit of have a bit of origin pride, would you? Yeah. You know, because we're here giving it all New South Wales and being large and all. Have a go, you Queenslanders. Yeah, I mean, get into if it. If you think that we're treating you unfairly, like you've had a rough trot, oh, hang on, that's been your narrative for oh. the last forty years. <laughs> Come up with something fresh and give it to us. Yeah, don't just listen to the podcast and then just be all quiet and stuff. You, let's 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 get out there. Let's be vocal. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you you've got two heads. Surely you can put them together. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And, and string something together for us. <laughs> okay, let's leave it on that before we get cancelled. <laughs> yes. uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are done here at the Sports Attention. And for all of our listeners out at Armadale, home of the Rams, we say good night. And farewell. <laughs>